if you're in business, if you charge a dollar for a lesson, you're in business. And, and irrespective of so I do it for nothing, I say, well, there's still fees involved. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. Hi, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast, episode number 20. I have another awesome guest with me today, Mr. Kevin Blundell from Kumayaru Martial Arts System. And Kevin has grown his organization to 26 locations. We more really touch on the most recent one, because the most recent one was opened just over five weeks ago. And as of today, they have 109 fully enrolled students into the system. So we really touch on that on his success and how they've really engineered this process to happen in five short weeks. And this is gonna this could be a really key turning factor for you in your business. This could be just that one thing that gives you that edge without having to be all creative with teaching your staff to be super salesy and pushy and having all these sales, fancy sales systems in place, but really just simplifying your process and having a core offer in front that invite people and eliminates a lot of the time wasters for you and allows you to really run the organization a lot smoother. And, and, and really talking about your front end marketing process of getting people through the door. And I hope it's not me that pick up on these subtleties because I listen to so, these interviews and there's things that just come through that are like, wow, that's that's awesome. But more than just picking them up, I really hope you take these to heart and and apply them in your business because you know if, if there's no transformation, then it doesn't really help. And I know in these last 20 episodes, there's been really, really great interviews. There's been some core fundamental information that could be the key factor that makes your business successful. Or, and if you're really successful, take it to that next level. You know, just applying these few simple steps and, and really optimizing your business. Now, we are moving into the new year, depending on when you are listening to this episode. So there's lots of things happening and people are sort of wrapping up for the end of the year and people are getting ready for the new year, depending, of course, when you are listening to this episode. But no matter where you are, if you need help with this marketing stuff, we do this on a day-to-day basis and we help businesses, martial arts businesses, of course, grow and go to the next level through marketing automation and marketing systems. And when I say marketing automation, I don't mean uh, fancy things that that you got to press a button and you got all these automation stuff going out. No, it's, it's, it's really a case of automating your outreach so that you make more conversations and speak to more people. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to speak to people before they join. You know, some people are going to take up an offer online and so forth, but for the most part, there's going to be some communication involved. So we put systems in place that help you, that that help facilitate that process and helps you get in contact with more people. So uh, if that's for you, you know, head over to our website, martialartsmedia.com and, and get in touch with us, set up an appointment with me and we can chat about how we can possibly help your business grow through the new year. 
And working with, with so many school owners, it's always interesting to see the different approaches people take at this time of the year being the end of the year that a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the whole uh, people are, things are dying down and, and, and nobody's really ready to join in a martial arts school. And then we are doing campaigns for some of our clients that are, <laughs> that at, at this point in time, as of, as of recording this, uh, have 28 new paid signups in it's about seven eight days and we still got a couple of days to go which is really where the the campaign starts to ramp up in the last couple of days and this takes me back to episode number seven with paul veltman which you can access at martialartsmedia.com forward slash seven and he mentioned market for a season or a reason and when you take that concept in mind and you follow the sense that it is the end of the year and people are buying and they're in a buying mode give them something to buy because that is what people are doing. Whether they start trading now at the end of the year or in the beginning of the year, it doesn't matter, but people are in a buying mode and why not give them something to buy and something to join because that's what they're doing anyway. They're buying Christmas gifts and they're doing all these things. So put something, put a great offer in place. And I guess that what this all comes down to is when you have the right offer at the right time, people are gonna take it up. That's just the way it goes. All right, well, enough from me. This is a awesome episode. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. We had a few little echoes and so forth, as you do, but if you, you, I'm sure you'll get the whole gist of the conversation. And if not, of course, download the transcript and you can, you can delve into that deeper. But without further ado, that's it from me. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Kevin Blundell. Good day, everyone. Today I have with me Mr. Kevin Blundell. Now, Kevin has a total of 26 locations with his martial arts school, KRMAS, and recently he opened the 26th one, which generated a total of 100 students within five weeks. So I wanted to chat to Kevin just on that as one topic, although we've got several things to talk about, but just his recent success of how he approached that with paid trials and a bunch of other things. So welcome to the call, Kevin. Thanks, George. All right. So... First things first, let's start from the beginning. So, who is Kevin Blundell? Ah, uh, well, I've been a guy that's been hanging around the martial arts for about uh, 47 years. Um, started as a, a uh, boy in uh, judo and boxing, then went into karate and kung fu and muay thai and jiu jitsu and sort of just trained and uh, enjoyed my training in 89 we formulated our own organization Kumaru Martial Arts System which is KRMAS and uh, we had a couple of locations in the central west of New South Wales and it was more just a hobby and something to uh, you know spend time with a bunch of like-minded people so we subsequently grown over the years and uh, it's become my full-time occupation uh, five years ago. Oh, fantastic so Full-time location, uh, occupation, you said, five years ago? Correct, yeah. Um, prior to that, like, I'm a building contractor by trade, and then I went into uh, state government and, uh, in the building services corporation, worked my way up to an executive level, and uh, one day I realised I couldn't do 80 hours a week anymore <laughs> doing both things. So uh, after a bit of prompting and discussion with some uh, key people in the industry, uh, such as our friend Fari, Boris Kowalski, and uh, back in 2009, we had a conversation, and he said, why aren't you doing this full-time? And I said, well, I can't. And uh, we weren't even doing direct debit then, George. We were just doing, you know, pay-as-you-go, and um, 
it was all hobbies and we didn't we had uh, one little permanent set up at one location in the guy's backyard and uh, subsequently here we are just uh, five six years later where we have uh, 14 full-time centers and um, the rest being part-time centers uh, what i mean by that in a school hall or a community center where the guys just do a couple of days a week so we've grown from um, back then from just under 600 members uh, and now we're just shy of 1,800 members, 1,800 current financial active members across those locations and six of those centres are full-time occupation for the uh, for the guys who are running them. Okay, it, it sounds like you've got a, there was a big switch where things really just came together for you. What what was the first thing? I mean, when you when you when you decided to to turn it into a full time business, what were the first steps that you took? Um, well, the first thing we did we went from um, pay as you go, or pay per term, to pay per fortnight, a direct debit system. You know, and I had a lot of pushback from the guys at the time. I had you know guys who were virtually in tears saying that we're going to lose all our students and um, it's the worst thing you could possibly do, but you know, I had a look around the industry. Uh, I had faith in the people who were successfully doing it at the time, and um, I believed in myself. And uh, we just formulated, uh, you know, a slow integration period, and um, we, we finally got all locations online by mid 2010. And uh, we had using a direct debit system. And uh, at about that time, uh, we become introduced to the educational funding company and. We used them as our billing company, who at the time were quite good at, you know, the initial marketing and setting up, plus all the information Fari was sharing with us through his uh, MA professionals, and uh, we started to formulate our own approach. And I then went on a bit of a tour and looked at, you know, guys that are doing it full time, and um, you know, I thought to myself, well, our, our end game product, our martial arts, was equally on par and was quite up to the standards and that. And um, so it was just a little bit more self-belief. I, I think too, like a lot of us in the industry and, and, and the guys that are still not quite full-time or holding back, you know, the excellent martial artists. I know some guys who are fantastic martial artists, but they go, oh, that won't work. Well, yeah, it won't work unless you do something about it, you know, the self-prophecy 100%. If you don't believe something won't work, well, it won't, you know. So uh, it was just a bit of self-belief and... Uh, I, I left my job. It was um, a pretty high six-figure job, and I just said, oh, I just made that decision. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a parachute on my back for the reserve chute. I just went for broke, and um, yeah, the results were astounding. We turned it, you know, into a uh, multi-million-dollar business. Well, that's 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 excellent. Well, well done on your success, Kevin. Why do you think? There's a big block with direct billing. You know, I, I just look at, at general purchases that you make during the day. I mean, your your phone is on on direct billing, you know, your gas and electricity and all these type of things. What, what is the stick point with martial artists? Going- I, 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 my observations, and, and even, you know, I've been to the US and the UK and uh, uh, other countries as well, and, and, and I think the biggest sticking point is, you know, People were brought up with the belief it was just a little, little bit of fun that you did a couple of days a week or a little hobby and that, you know, they don't see us for what we really are. And that is high-end educators who facilitate positive change in individuals' lives, take people who are 
you know, no confidence to become uh, business leaders or, you know, um, experts in their fields or give them the confidence to excel at school. And when, once I, real, I come to the realisation I had many, many success stories, I started to, um, for me personally, see the light, if you like, that if I did this full time, I could provide a better service and by being underpinned by having direct debit, it enabled me to have the resources and then provide the facilities to provide a much better environment for the students to learn and have a better quality end student, if you like. We call it a, a black belt, the end product, if you like, after the four-year period. On average, some people a little bit quicker, most around four years to five years, um, much better higher quality than I'd ever produced before, not because of the wants or the syllabus or the desire, it was just the fact that we'd be able to pull so many more resources in and hire people to take care of jobs like, you know, do administration and stuff, that, and so you didn't have to do as many of those yourself. Um, and then you could focus on, you know, having the, um, the syllabus and the performance on the floor at a higher level so you can you had time to train the instructors and get the message across. So really, I think it comes back to people just need to take that quantum leap. They need to believe in themselves, believe in their product. Not undoubtedly, undoubtedly, they're excellent martial artists that have been long-term in the industry, but they go, oh, yeah, but. So one of the key things I did personally, George, was uh, I just decided to surround myself with positive, like-minded people and the naysayers and rejectors and the, it won't work. And sadly, a lot of these people are just jealous because you're moving forward. And uh, in Australia, talk of poppy syndrome is, is a real thing and it's a sad thing. Like uh, in the US, if you're successful, people you know, applaud. In Australia, they wonder why what underhanded things you're doing to be successful. And that's a sad thing. Yes, and, and I guess just clarify that for the the American guests, the tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome basically means if you rise above uh, the pack, uh, you, everyone can see you, you're noticed, therefore you're a tall poppy in the field and you become more open to be targeted, if you like, um, and, and, uh, you know, and try to be cut back down to size so you can, you're in the group again, if you like. Now, it doesn't mean you have to leave everyone behind. And in fact, I bring a lot of people with me. There's a saying that the EFC use, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And uh, that, that is a true saying and very much relevant. You know, once I started to associate with the guys that were really successful, they're just the same as everybody else. They're just out there doing the best they can. But their full-time occupation is a professional martial arts instructor, whatever persuasion of martial arts it is. Dovetailed in the back of that, I've always been a firm believer in education and enhancement of martial arts instructors. I'm the Senior Vice President of the Martial Arts Industry Association, which provides uh, an accreditation program. I'm also the New South Wales President of Kung Fu Wushu, uh, and I recently rejoined the Australian Karate Federation and undertook their accreditation program. All accreditation programs are linked back to the Australian Sports Commission, and parents and people who are not familiar with the martial arts uh, often think someone has a black belt or a black singlet or Muay Thai or whatever the case may be, and they're an expert. With all due respect, that's not necessarily the case. It, you know, but if you can say, well, hang on, I'm accredited, here's my information, you can contact the Martial Arts Industry Association 
or the Australian Sports Commission and they can verify that you are accredited, it does give you an advantage, especially when it comes to, um, you know, going into a new location. Uh, notwithstanding, a lot of people have first aid accredited, they've done courses, they've got diplomas in fitness, and coaching, etc. I've done all that as well. But uh, having accreditation lifts the industry overall. That's just my viewpoint. But I can see the benefits because it's aided uh, greatly in our growth. For sure. And, and success breeds success. You know, I, I really like that, that philosophy of a, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, it beats the whole tall poppy syndrome. And like, you could also see it as the whole crab in the bucket. You know, when a, a crab tries and gets out of the bucket, all the other crabs just kind of, they, they just pull each other down instead of everybody sort of making a plan to, to, to get out. But that whole success breeds success. It, it's, it's something that really will make you deliver a better class as well because if you are successful and your instructors are successful, that's going to transfer over to the student base and just deliver a better, a better class, a better experience, and a better student at the end of the day. Well, I, I often ask people to have a negative approach. So what do you provide? I mean, if, you, uh, if you're in business, if you charge a dollar for a lesson, you're in business. And, and irrespective of people say, I do it for nothing, I say, well, there's still fees involved. Oh, yeah, you've got to pay this and that. Well, you're in business. So if you're going to charge a dollar, charge the right dollar. I mean, the difference between a professional and an amateur is a professional gets paid for it. <laughs> That's the difference. So fundamentally, people need to um, get out of the past. I mean, you didn't ride into uh, your office today on a horse and um, dust yourself off. Everyone has, you know, everyone moves with the times. So, you know, people talk about, oh, it's not traditional, it's not that, it's just rubbish. You know, it's, uh, it can be more traditional by having more access. I mean, you can source the best martial artists in the world and go to their place and train with them and you can bring them to your dojo, you know, or your school or whatever discipline you follow. Uh, you're probably more traditional than, than people who perceive themselves as being traditional. And again, I respect all that. I, I think it's wonderful. And if people want to do it as a community service, that's fantastic. And I respect that. Some people genuinely do it for nothing. They, they put all the funds in and, and that's great. But I've made a choice. Uh, look, Kumai Roo, our, our organisation, we employ 120 people, uh, full or part-time. We're giving back to the community. Every one of our locations raises funds for um, various causes, you know, Cancer Council or Starlight Foundation, or the Golden House. We give back to the community, not because it's a marketing ploy, and I get very offended when people, you know, make that uh, new window. Uh, and it is, it's, it's genuine, heartfelt giving back to the community. We sponsor children who can't afford, you know, we have a sponsorship program, um, that, you know, kids that have come from a unprivileged or, uh, less fortunate socioeconomic environment, um, they're, they're sponsored at each of our locations to participate. Um, you know, so we're always giving back. In fact, we probably give back more than the people who are standing there throwing rocks at you and saying, you yeah, you're a bad guy because you're charging money. So, you know, I mean, basically, <laughs> all I say to them is have a look in the mirror and you'll find the answer to your problem. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kevin. So, so let's jump to a few things. Now, recently, I want to I want to get down to your most recent success. 100 students in five weeks. Some people have been in business in, you know, 20 years and they haven't reached that 
hundred student mark. So you you did this in in five weeks. Now obviously you have twenty five other other locations that have given you the groundwork to really do that. So I doubt we're going to be able to summarize it as quickly as we want. But what are the key steps you took to be able to to have that level of success? Well, as I mentioned earlier, George, I was a building contractor, and I never built a thing unless I had a plan. If you haven't got a plan, you know, you might have a concept or an idea, but a plan needs to be detailed. And that's what I did. I sat down with the project. Um, the location is Tari, New South Wales. It's, uh, it's a, sort of an agribusiness centre. It has some social implications and uh, it, it draws on a population of about 25,000 in the town itself, but within a 40 minute radius, about 65,000 people. So what I did, I sat down and looked at went on the Australia Bureau of Statistics. I looked at all the demographics, I looked at all the income, I looked at the employment levels, I looked at all that. And plus I went down there and had a chat to people. It's 55 minutes from where I'm located, so we had to take that into account and we didn't have one person in the area who was involved. So we really started from scratch. So what we did, we formulated our plan and just giving an overview, we decided to go for broke and set up a permanent location. We've leased this one for two years with a possibility of purchase. I firmly believe in buying your locations um, because of, you know, long term, it, it gives you a return and um, you're not paying somebody else's mortgage off. But that's another subject for another day. But back to this project with Tari, what we did, the key points were we did our research. We then looked about setting a marketing plan which we could communicate. So obviously Facebook was good. We joined groups such as Buy, Swap and Sell, local community groups on Facebook. Plus we just went down there and did the good old, you know, wear out your shoes, give some flyers out, put some posters up, visit the schools, and we just talked to people. And we started a campaign of whispers and rumours about, hey, something really cool is coming to town. And uh, we started that about four and a half months out from our launch date. Uh, and then we devised an offer. And uh, I, uh, Rod Darling gave me an idea when we were at a uh, conference in Sydney. And we had a good old chat about that. Rod's based originally in Perth and he's in Newcastle. And uh, I took his concept and uh, put together an offer of um, $49.95 for two weeks training. And you've got a karate uniform for the karate program or a set of boxing gloves for the Muay Thai program. We also made a firm decision, no more free stuff. Free is for $5 thread down the road. We're a professional organisation and we wanted to have the mindset that when you come along, you pay for the service and that the only way you could come and watch a class is if you were a parent or a child or, or a guardian of a child. So instantly it eliminated all the tire kickers, which wasted all their time. Tire kickers basically, people would come in, they're not, you know, they're there or they're from another school, or just wasting your time. So we wanted genuine people. Before we had our first class, we had 60 people had paid for the trial, and over the next five-week period, we had 118 pay for a trial and a hundred of those have joined by the fifth week. And as we speak now, I think we're in week seven or eight, I think week eight, we're just coming up to 109 members. So it's slowed down obviously leaving Christmas, but we've got 19 people booked in to come back when we come back in January. So. That's excellent. So can you clarify the whispers and rumors? 
campaign? Sure. Well, what we did, <laughs> we just we just let people know we got our guys to walk around in their um, you know our staff shirts with logos on it and get a coffee, get a haircut, just be part of the community. Uh, so we sent someone down every couple of days, and their job was just to walk around, buy something from a shop, and the people would start a conversation and just tell everyone what's going. And from that conversation starting, we generated an awful lot of interest. And we said, oh, look, if you're interested, just pop online, go here and book in. And the results every day that we did that, the next day people actually, you know, they booked in and they paid for the trial, uh, or what we call introductory program. So people purchase the trial. How, how do you go about delivering that? I mean, what's the sales process for getting the prior, uh, the, the trial started? Is it all online based or do you have a bit of a lead into that? Okay, well, how we, how we, you can either come in and come to the facility and pay for your introductory program or you can, you can do it online. But we train all our staff. Uh, we don't have any selling is not in our vocabulary. Uh, our martial arts organisation, it's about storytelling. So we tell people what they can expect to learn, what will happen over a period of time, and we just show them testimonials. And that we, we don't want to sell anyone. We don't want anyone in our organisation that's been sold. We want them there because they feel like they want to, well, the feeling is I want from them is that they want to be here for the program, for the duration, and to obtain the benefits of martial arts training, which we all know are many. And that's the way we approach it. So we don't, we don't try to sell anything. So people come in, we give them a uh, pre-trial, we introduce them to the mat and to the instructor team that's on that night, and then they just do their classes over the next two weeks, and then we just offer them the opportunity to uh, either join up. Every single one of them, they by the end of the first week, they were joining. So it was, uh, it's really good. And look, irrespective, you have the best marketing program in the world, you can spend you know, a million dollars a month of marketing, but if it's no good on the floor, they'll just march out the door. So you've got to make sure your mats are spot on. Your team knows, can deliver the message in a fun but martial arts-like way. And uh, we're not entertainers and we're not there to entertain people, but they must feel like, you know, they're really being looked after. And that's what we do with the country. You mentioned people can't get on the mats without buying the offer, right? Correct. Yes, yes correct. Do you feel that that you turn people away because of it? If I do, that's okay because, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. What I mean by that, there are very many people that sit in the whinge about this and whinge about that and moan about this and that's too expensive and I can't do this and all that sort of stuff. I just want positive people in there. And by the way, we have a high percentage of people who are on low income, unemployed, uh, they're on benefits, uh, or they're between jobs, and they can still afford our program. So we're not priced out of the market, but at the same token, we charge what we think is fair and equitable, and we provide a full package service. So I would rather people in there that are genuine from the first day, and the way you uh, go through the process, then if they have to leave, and well, you know, it's usually a very gen, you know, genuine reason why like they've relocated some medical circumstances or there's a dramatic change in employment. And uh, anything other than that, you know, you fail. You haven't done your job properly and there's been a hole somewhere along the way. So that's why it's so important, you know, 
you don't sell them anything, but you make sure that they fully understand the program. What, and we talk, we talk to them about things like, you know, there's going to be a time where you don't feel like coming, or, you don't, or your child doesn't want to come. So we have strategies to help you move past those those phases. So it's very important that people, when they come to your organisation, um, are very clear on what they're getting and don't oversell. Okay, you know, there's a, there's a saying that. Um, undersell and over deliver and that's uh, that's a really important thing because it's a very personable thing that we're doing. You know, it's a great thing we're doing and that's coming back to what we're talking about. People don't want to do it professionally or full time or you know, they shouldn't be doing all that sort of stuff. Hey, we're not selling kids donuts, you know, we're not making people fat and and um, or making them unwell. But we're we're really changing their lives for the better. And I think that's really important, you know, that people Grab hold of that, and you've got to be passionate about what you do. You know, you can't just do it as a business. Okay, there is a business part of it. You still got to be passionate about the martial arts and what and what it means to you. I really love that approach because it's the it's the perfect qualifier. If, if someone's not going to be able to be, I guess, prepared to spend forty nine dollars with you, chances of them continue with with their martial arts program is minimal. I mean, if they're not prepared to commit that then the next level of commitment is really probably non-existent. Okay. If I can just qualify that yes. further, we run an uh, awesome marketing campaign. We got 300 leads and it was spin a wheel and it was free and, that, and it's a great thing, don't get me wrong, but we've changed the rumors how to do that. But out of that, we got about, I don't know, people just pouring in the door doing free lessons for you know, two lessons or a week or whatever. And and out of that, we did get a lot of people. Now, a year later, nearly all of those have gone and caused grief, have been disrespectful, you know, abused staff on the way out the door and, and all sorts of rubbish, you know. And, uh, and I said, never again. And I just said, no more free stuff. Sure, the flow of people coming in is a little bit less, but the quality and the longevity and the participation rate is exactly where I want it. And uh, you come into the, it, it's a positive environment, you know, it, it's a great place to, to be. You can still use a lot of those other marketing strategies, but you, instead of giving free stuff, you give them uh, opportunities other than free stuff. And that, you know, which program they can enroll in, like the, uh, the introductory program I just mentioned earlier. I love it. Kevin, that's, that's awesome. I have one more question from you. and. For you, because it, and it's something that we just sort of touched on that you that you mentioned in a conversation a few days ago, and that's your sphere of influence. There's a lot of talk always about the lifetime student value. Uh, you know how long what a student is actually worth for you in a monetary value of how many how long they stay within your organisation and train. But you take that a level up with the sphere of influence. Can you can you uh, elaborate on that? Sure. What I mean by that is that. For each individual person who joins at your school, they represent eight possible candidates uh, or, or future future students. So one person has a sphere of influence of at least eight people. One of those you've got mum, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, next door neighbour, buddy from school, buddy from work, you know, work colleague or you know, something like that. So that this I've broken it down into this, you know, the formula. And I've come up, in general terms, most people have eight people that are in their sphere of influence. So what, I'm, what I do is, like, someone joins, uh, we put their photo up on Facebook with their permission, 
And, you know, welcome, George, to come over to Port Macquarie, the start of your journey. And then you go to work at some state or some context you, you know, that you know within your sphere of influence. And they go, well, what's that about? And you become my, my marketing manager. You, you, you tell them about it. And they may or may not come straight away, but they're inside your sphere of influence. And therefore, as you move forward through the system and it's highlighted and your progress, quite often they end up bringing it. Look, everyone listening, I'm sure the son's joined, you know, the nine-year-old boy, and, it, and then two years' time, you might have the whole family join. Look, I've got cases here where I've got the whole family in the one unit, you know, mum, dad, and the two kids, and then they've got their next-door neighbour and their whole family's joined. And, and that's happened dozens of times. So it's about having that person uh, understand from the day one it's okay to tell everyone you're doing martial arts and the benefits you're getting. So that's built into our programs that it's great to be proud of your achievements, your next belt level, your first tournament, the camp that you went to, the training day that you attended, the seminar that was had, and take lots of photos, tell people. So we encourage that. We have a you know a system where the, the children you know, get their photos put up on the board and, and, and all that stuff. So the whole time it's about them sharing their experience and then other people subsequently wanting to join in that experience. So that's what I mean by the sphere of influence. So power of one person is eight. So never forget that every person that's on your floor is eight people waiting out the door to come in. So it's really important not to push them, not offer them trinkets and rewards and all that sort of stuff. We don't offer anyone anything. If they bring a friend, that's just great that they've helped their dojo grow and that they've got more positive people in there. That's awesome. Kevin, it's been great chatting to you. There's there's so much gold in this episode and I hope everybody listens to this again just because there were so many small things that came through there that I think are life-changing it's life-changing advice for, for any martial arts school owner that really just wants to ramp things up and, and get moving to that next level. But, Kevin, where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can pop on our website, krmas.com.au, and they can reach out to us through there if they like. Just click on Locations, Port Macquarie, or Head Office is, uh, is easy to access through there. So just go to our website and you can reach out there, and I'm happy to... Uh, Share a bit and have a chat, and uh, nothing to sell here. So, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, that's good. All right, then. Thank you very much for having us, George. Thank you very much, Kevin. That was excellent. Chat to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you, Kevin. I hope you got a lot of value from that episode. I certainly did. One key thing that stands out for me here, and I speak to a lot of martial arts school owners depending on the level that you're at and where, where they're at, there's different problems in your business. You know, if you're just starting out, you've got different problems versus someone like Kevin that has 120 staff and 26 locations. So there's going to be different levels and different problems, obstacles you've got to overcome in your business. But a key one that always comes out is the sales process. Whether you are, well, look, the, even for some business owners, it's hard, but it's probably easier for you as a business owner because you know all aspects of your business. But to formulate that into a process, it, it can be a difficult task. And to actually teach your instructors who are more than likely not salespeople can be a hard slog to, to get done. 
And I know for most people, most people don't really want to learn sales. I mean, for me, it was a default profession. I and I won't go into details, but when I lived in South Africa, I had to, there was a time in my life where I had to get into sales or kind of not eat. <laughs> that was the scenario. So, hey, I learned selling and it taught me so much about life and it's just something I really, I really value. And for me, it's not a sleazy or slimy type thing. It's just taking people from one situation to a better alternative, if that's a match for them, um, without pushing people into into any scenario that they don't want to be in or any situation. But to convey that type of skills and to teach that kind of skills, it's a hard thing to do. And why not, if, if that's such a big obstacle in your business, the, the sales process, why not simplify that? And that's really what Kevin has done here. He's put an offer in front that people can take and it eliminates the time wasters and it's it's it just makes life a lot easier for everybody. And the more people can tell stories about how people are having success in their business, that's really what people want to hear. And they can evaluate for themselves if your organization, your martial arts school or MMA gym is a match for them. So there you have it. As always, the show notes can be found at martialartsmedia.com forward slash 20. So that's the number 20, 20. And if you got great value out of the show and all the others, and you would like to leave us some feedback, this really, really helps us get our rankings up. If you've got an iPhone and you're listening to it through the iPhone app and click on reviews and you can submit a review from there. If you're on a laptop, you would need to go to martialartsmedia.com forward slash iTunes. There's a blue button that says view in iTunes that will open up iTunes and you can leave the review from there. And then depending if you're listening on another phone like Stitcher Radio or somewhere else, then you can leave a review within that platform as well. Last but not least, if you would like to leave some feedback or have any questions about anything within the show and if you maybe ask a question below this episode you could we could get kevin to answer them for you and so you could go to martialartsmedia.com forward slash 20 scroll right to the bottom just add your name and email there and you can leave a comment leave your feedback what you liked what you didn't like and we can have a bit of a discussion on the episode that's it for me i hope you have a fantastic week and if you are traveling this time of year be safe i'll chat to you next week cheers Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.